Hallelujah. Okay, you may be seated. Praise the Lord. Say, I'm going to walk in love. Glory to God. Everybody that uh, was down at the Mark Hankins meeting, stand up. Just stand up. I want to see it tonight. All right. Hallelujah. You, I, I believe you all received a deposit. Hey, Amen. Everybody back. I'm going to have to get you guys back there in the sound booth tonight. You all hiding from me back there. Glory to God. But I believe our lives were changed, and, and we want to pray. We want, how many of you want the congregation to receive what you received? Hallelujah. Amen. Powerful teaching and uh, just the spirit of faith. Spirit of faith. You may be seated, guys. Our pastor's over there just standing up. They want more. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I'm only uh, going to speak for a few minutes tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah chapter 61. This is a, a, a scripture actually I received at uh, Mark Hankins' meeting. In one of the morning services, I was going through, flipping through my Bible, and, and uh, <clears throat> whether we get through that much tonight or not, I don't know, but uh, it's, it, it's, it's important to realize that what Jesus operated in, we can operate in that same anointing. Luke chapter 4, Jesus stood up in the synagogue, and, and nobody had ever got up and, and, and proclaimed the scripture that I am anointed. I am the anointed one. Glory to God, but he did. And he was quoting Isaiah 61. And there's so much in, in, in this chapter of Isaiah 61 because it's relevant for today. Amen? Because we see more people, we've been talking about how many suicides have been happening among young people, adults, 30-year-olds and so They don't know how to cope. They're in bondage. And Jesus came to preach liberty and freedom. And see, we are carriers of the anointing that, that literally break that off of people. Amen? But we have to know who we are in Christ. We have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We have to know our authority. Amen? Over the devil. Praise God. And we all have that. And I believe that we teach a lot of that here uh, on, on Sunday nights. For the past few years, we've, we've concentrated on teaching faith, righteousness, who we are in Christ Sunday mornings. And, of course, those of you that are in Bible school, uh, you get a steady diet of it. Amen. But let's look in verse 1, okay? This is Jesus proclaiming. And while we're at that, put uh, John... Uh, chapter 20, verse 21 up there. Let's put John up there. Okay. <clears throat> Jesus said unto them, peace to you, as the Father has, what? Sent me, I also send you. So what we're reading here and what Jesus quote, quoted in Isaiah is relevant to us today. Jesus told his disciples, which we are also the disciples of Jesus. Amen? Mark 16, going to all the world and preach the gospel, was to the body of Christ. Hallelujah. 
So Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. And that is with the equipment that Jesus had. The anointing. Amen. The power of God. That's why he told his disciples, tarry here in Jerusalem until you'll be endued with power. Power from on high. Glory to God. So we have that power resident on the inside of us. So let's look at this. The Spirit, verse 1, chapter 61, of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. What's good tidings to the poor? You don't have to be poor anymore. Amen. You know, a lot of people come against a prosperity message and they say, well, you can't preach that in Africa or India or other places. But there are testimonies. Testimonies of, of whole communities being transformed in these other nations when they have received the word of God and the word of faith and the word of prosperity. Amen. They might not be rich like we. Every, every economy is different. But there's no lack, there's no need because God supplies all of our need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So this gospel can be preached anywhere at any time with the same results if we believe, amen? We can limit God and we, say, we can say, well, we can't talk to that person. <laughs> How about going on the street? Maybe there needs to be... Uh, some evangelists raised up to go preach to the homeless. Huh? Homeless is everywhere. Well, the good tidings is that you don't have to be there anymore. Of course, they have to receive it, but they can come out of that desperation, that place of, of being desperate and lack because of the word, the anointing of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, and to proclaim liberty to the captives. And I'm telling you right now, there's as many demons in operation now, if not more than in Jesus' day. You know why? Because the population is greater. Amen. And there's more people being influenced. Believe it or not, even you and I can come under the influence of demonic oppression at times. Even in church. Say, even in church. So we have to be aware. We have to be sober, vigilant, because the enemy goes about, not that you're demon-possessed, but you can be oppressed. And many of you know what this feels like. Discouragement comes on you. Just an overwhelming, you know, just fear is a spirit that can grip you. Maybe things in the future or your, your welfare or your, your physical uh, condition or whatever it might be, the enemy will come in and attack. I've been in church and I'm the pastor. I've been behind that, that screen right there. And all of a sudden, before I walk out, just something, just oppression hits me. And I want to find the exit door. Now what is that? <laughs> yeah, it's the enemy trying to discourage us trying to make us feel, and he'll say, this stuff don't work. 
uh, you know, and all kinds of junk. Of course, we don't receive it, right? Amen? We say it is written, just like Jesus did. Devil, you're a liar. It is written. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I have the anointing upon me. Hallelujah. So, <clears throat> to proclaim liberty to the captives. Again, we read that scripture in John. As the Father sent me, so send I you. See, and that's revival. When that's taking place, revival happens. Amen. And the opening of prison to those who are bound or in bondage to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. This is the day. This is the year of Jubilee. We used to sing it all the time, you know, back in the 80s and 90s. This is the year of Jubilee. I can't sing it tonight, but amen. This is the year. This is a time of Jubilee. Freedom. The captives are set free. So if you're in bondage in any way tonight, declare your freedom. Amen? The anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. Hallelujah. And the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, and the oil of joy. Say the oil of joy. See, joy is a choice too. Amen? See, joy, see, the, the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, shalom, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It has nothing to do with happiness. Happiness is controlled by, you know, you receive something and uh, it's an awesome thing. Pastor Judy buys me a new gun. A little bit of joy comes on me. No, just kidding. But it's happy. Happy, happy, happy. Happy is one moment. Sad can be the next moment. But see, joy is a product of the spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy in what? In the Holy Ghost. We're Holy Ghost people tonight, amen? So turn to the person and say, I have the joy. Hallelujah. Joy for mourning. The garment of what? Praise for the spirit of heaviness. So what do we do when there's heaviness? Praise God. There's enough scriptures on praise. Jehoshaphat sent the praisers out. Hallelujah. To defeat the enemy. Amen. You can praise your way out of depression. We can praise our way out of anything. Amen? Glory to God. Praise. Amen. Lifts, gets rid of the spirit of heaviness. They, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Now look at this. This is revival. When Jesus is preached, hallelujah, when the gospel is believed, and we need this in our nation more than ever right now. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. One nation under God. Hallelujah. All this garbage that's going on. 
It's not of God. But we, the church, we have the authority to change things. Amen. Of course, we have to vote, but also we have to pray that the right candidates get in. That righteousness, the Bible says when the righteous is in rule, there's joy, there's peace. Glory to God. And we don't have that right now in our nation, but we will. Say we will. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're gonna be rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up former uh, desolations and they shall repair the ruined cities. I can think of many cities that need to be repaired right now. That was once beautiful. <laughs> yeah, amen. That's right. And other places that uh, it's in ruins. They don't want to admit it. But we, the church, can change things. Amen? Glory to God. Why? Because revival, because of the anointing upon our life. The church mobilized the desolations of many generations. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. I like this part here. And the sons of the foreigner shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But you shall be named or called the priest of the Lord. I want to stop right there. You shall be called the priest of the Lord. Do you know what the word says in Revelations chapter 1, verse 6? Let's look over there. The book of Revelations, chapter 1. But you shall be named the priest of the Lord. Or, okay, and he has made us kings and what? Priests. priests. He's made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. We are called kings and priests. You are king and a priest. Are we acting like it? Huh? Also, the apostle Paul said, because of the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, we shall reign as kings in life by one Christ Jesus. We're to reign. We're not to be under. We're to be on top. That's why we decree things, and they shall come to pass. Amen? Speak, command. Whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The authority of the church. And we can do that because we are kings and priests. Hallelujah. They shall call you the servants of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles. Now this is where the gospel message of prosperity, God has given us power to get wealth. There's so many scriptures. The wealth of the heathens laid up for the just. And we are the church. This is the hour. This is the time. Amen? That the wealth of the Gentiles can be transferred to the church, to the body of Christ, to us as individuals. Why? To get the kingdom of God built. Amen? Hallelujah. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory you shall boast. I like this part. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. Amen. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double and ever 
lasting joy shall be theirs. They shall possess double. Are you ready to possess double? Amen. Double portion. Double portion. Hallelujah. It's so powerful. So how do we do that? Well, we recognize that we're kings and priests. We recognize as the, the Lord God or the Father God sent Jesus, we've been given the same commission with the same tools, the same anointing. That's why we need the fire of God. That's why we need the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, uh, the, or John said, he who comes after uh, Jesus will baptize you, or he that comes after me, speaking of Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. So when Jesus came on the scene, that was his promise. And that's why his disciples had to go into the upper room. That's why they had to come down and, and, and walk in the power of the Spirit. Amen. Every one of you can stand up and declare uh, the same thing as uh, Jesus did in Luke. For the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Amen. Because he has sent me to deliver the captive, to preach the good news to the poor. Praise God. And to, oh, set, set the captives free. To set the captives free. Hallelujah. So, how many of you have ever known what the will of God? I'll always ask for, what, God, what's the will of God for my life? I want you to turn over to uh, Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to read verse 15. What is, what is the key to my spiritual success and my fulfillment, pleasing God and walking in the power of the Spirit. What is, is it that I need to do? We're always asking, what is the will of God? Paul tells us right here in Ephesians. It says this. <clears throat> See then that you walk circumspectly and not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Amen. It says, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Simple. What is the will of the Lord? Amen. This pinpoint is right here. Do not be drunk with wine, but be what? Filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine wherein is access or debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. What is the will of God? Be filled with the Spirit. Don't get drunk with wine, get drunk with the Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. I love listening to Rodney Howard Brown. He's so funny. He talked about the way to be successful is stay drunk. If you stay drunk, you're not aware of anything the devil's doing. Amen. You're just drunk. We, we all need a good drink. A double portion of his spirit. What is the will of God? Somebody ask you, what's the will of God? Get drunk. Get drunk of the spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we see that. The early church was drunk. They came out of the upper room. Peter had, nine o'clock in the morning, Peter had to stand up before the multitude and say, 
These guys are not dry. There was 120 now. Coming out and, and, and speaking this gibberish. And, and who knows? I mean, you have that kind of experience where the building shakes, tongues of fire, mighty wind blowing through. You come, you know, you come out of that atmosphere and you walk out on the, in, in the streets of your city and you kind of wobble in a little bit. Peter stands up and says, these are not drunk as you suppose, but they are filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. So there is a time for the body of Christ. Now, the mainline churches don't teach this. In fact, the, you know, they want you sober. <laughs> they want you rigid. Bless God. Well, those of you that watch the Jesus Revolution, you know how, how, how the church members reacted. They don't, we're not wearing shoes. They're going to dirty the carpet. Are you kidding me? If you're drunk, you don't care about the carpet. Right? But if you're the kind of person that just, I don't like that long hair. I don't like, man, I don't like the way he looks or she looks or whatever. You just stop. That's not walking in love. But you open up. We have to open up. Hallelujah. Again, we, you know, we, we went to, every church is different now. And, and we, a few years ago, I was in black suit and tie all the time. Our worship team was in black. We had order. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, and, and everything and just, and we visited a church out in California where our son lives and powerful church, Word of Faith Church. Amen. And, and Pastor Judy and I, we decided one morning to go visit that church because we, we know the pastor and, and uh, we just, you know, we know it's a power, Kenneth Copeland has been there and, and just a powerful, powerful church. We walk in there and the children were, we were dressed in jeans. We were in vacation mode. You know what I'm saying? And so we go in there and everybody is dressed to the hilt. I mean, even the children come out of children's church and part of the worship. And they were in suits, man. And, and the girls wore beautiful dresses and everything else. And we kind of like, oh my God. And I don't know about you, but we got treated like that, kind of. We felt it. We felt like, you don't belong here. Kind of. I, you know. <laughs> I guess we should have went online and found out how they dressed. We would have had to go shopping anyway because we didn't bring dress clothes. We were on vacation, man. We went to see Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so, you know, uh, we have to be open. If you're drunk, you don't care how you look. Amen? 
Your hair can be messed up. You know, your makeup can be. Some of your ladies that, that you don't get through the service, your mascara is kind of messed up. Right? But I mean, if everybody's drunk, who cares? You look beautiful. Amen. You're looking through the eyes of Jesus. So what, what is the will of God for us? To be filled with the Holy Spirit in the Greek it's be being filled. In other words, it's staying under the spout where the glory comes out. That's the old Pentecostal term. Hallelujah. So we never want to get rigid. Praise God. Hallelujah. I don't really want to go back to coat and ties, but if God wanted us to, we would. We'd dress up a little bit on Easter and so on and so forth because we honor Jesus and, and whatever. But praise God, I've been delivered from the tie. It's a very choking experience. And I grew up that way. I wore a tie even on Wednesday nights in church. I mean, we just dressed up. That was the way we went to, to church. Everybody must go to Sunday school. Did any of you sing that song? Everybody's got to go to Sunday school. We march in, in in our little suits and ties and you know, I wanted to be a preacher, so I wore white shoes and so on and so forth, bow ties. Huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, the ladies would wear, wear white gloves. and have, uh, They'd always have these pretty handkerchiefs. And they'd have to wave them around and so on and so forth. Hallelujah. Donna was telling us the other day in the car that Y'all know Billy Brim, Chip's mom. She always has a handkerchief. Well, <clears throat> Jeremy Pearson's, which is uh, uh, George and Terry's son, right? Kenneth Copeland's grand, grandson. He said he was always afraid of Billy Brim's handkerchief. Because when she starts waving it, glory to God. Hallelujah, you know, the anointing's like, woo, glory, you know. Thank you, Father. But see, we need to relax. We need to be joyful. How many of you noticed there was a difference when you walked into this church for the first time? It was fun, right? Wasn't well, somebody said something about they, they thought this was a club or something this morning? I was talking to somebody. Hey, a church, it's a club. I said, yeah, it's a Jesus club. Amen. What was that now? Oh, yeah, that's not a church. That's a club you're going to. I say, yeah, that's a club. Come on down. Amen. Join the club. Hey, hallelujah. Thank God. Amen. We're the church. Jesus Christ. Ecclesia. But we're not rigid around here, are we? Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Look how some of these young people dress. You know they're not religious. Right? I'm not pointing at y'all on the front row. That's true. If you're drunk, you don't care. Worship team, come on up. We have a, uh, a song that... Do you want to say something? Get the microphone. 
I know, we made our son wear a tie till he was 18. And then he said, what would he say, Mom, I'm 18, I don't have to wear a tie. <laughs> I'm taking this tie off, I've been delivered from this. I mean, we dressed our kids, Donna in a dress, and, and Eddie was in suit and tie. And how many of you grew up in church like that? Those of you that grew up in church, right? Amen? There's nothing wrong with that. You're honoring the Lord, but uh, I think Jesus would have wore designer jeans. He would have been cool. I mean, listen, he had, apparently, his outfit was worth something because he cast lots for it. Think about that. It wasn't out of the Salvation Army. Now, I'm not against the Salvation Army, all right? But it apparently was something that was worth something. Amen? Hallelujah.